Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Douglas Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. This is April the 18th, Sunday at 10 a.m. Thank you for joining me. We'll be talking about teachers, parents, teens, the mental health hit hard by COVID-19 pandemic as the school kids face another closure of schools. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope so far everybody is, uh, you know, is having um, a good weekend, the best way that you can uh, with these uh, um, restrictions um, that were put in place. And of course, yesterday, um, our Ontario government um, back peddling on uh you know, some restrictions that they placed on us, giving the police the powers to stop anyone or any car. Um, they obviously retracted that and uh, allowing the playgrounds to be open um, so kids can get out there and play. Now, this is their last day, um, really, of their spring break. Tomorrow, Starting all over Ontario, schools will remain closed indefinitely. And obviously, we've seen this before. We've been through this before. And um, it's been really tough. It's been really tough on teachers, parents, teenagers alike, uh, younger children. Now, you know that um, our uh, educational minister um, said that they want to keep the schools open, schools would remain open, and then backpedaling on that, saying after this um, April break, the kids will not be returning to the classrooms. Now, the article um, that I read before, and um, I think it's something like one in four schools across the province of Ontario um, has experienced the outbreak of, of COVID-19. With this announcement that they made, um, of course, our, our premier did not provide a timeline for when kids would head back to class, saying instead that the officials will keep a constant eye on the data and trends to determine when children can return to school. The Provincial Medical Health Officer of Health, David Williams, said a prolonged school closure is prudent. 
Well, they just added another four weeks to this stay at home order and shutdowns till May the 20th. I can't see the kids going back to school before then. Now, Premier says, you know, despite that, the, the closure and the and uh, child care for non-school age children um, that will be re, uh, remain open for the child care because you know people still have to go to work. The essential workers have to go to work. Now, our educational minister has insisted for days that the government uh, would open schools for in-person learning after the April break this week, except in regions where the local medical officers health um, choose to keep them closed. But that's not the case, ladies and gentlemen. And then he kept repeating this, saying that they're going to remain open. And then just over a week ago, he reversed his stance at a news conference calling the move to shut down in-person instructions as a preventative one. You know, when he should have just been right up front saying, no, after this break, we're going to keep the school closed. They knew how high these numbers were going. We were seeing over 4,000 cases per day. As of Friday, we hit 4,800 cases. We did drop down a little bit, you know, over the weekend down to 4,300 cases. So starting tomorrow, officially, thank you for joining me. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. So starting this week here across um, Ontario, Canada, um, all schools um, will re, re, uh, remain closed, except, except for um, daycare centers, you know, because you know, our essential workers um, still need to go to work. So some of that will be uh, remain open. Thank you for joining me. Okay, no, that's okay, thanks. Now, obviously they understand um, the struggles, all the trials and tribulations that everybody's been gone through, teachers, parents, teens, kids, you know, our mental health, you know, with this online learning. So, you know, a new national study conducted by the Mental Health Research of Canada has found that COVID-19 is having a big impact on stress and anxiety and depression among Canadians. 
educators had to adjust to a new way of teaching during the pandemic and you know last march when these first initial lockdowns came and school closures you know and getting kids to to say to to learn online and here we are again starting tomorrow where kids are going to learn online now it's been really challenging for kids our students you know they're being asked to learn alone and our educators are being asked to teach them from home and a lot of them and a lot of them are parents and caregivers as well the study also found that parents with young kids at home are having a tough time you know kids like in grade one you know how are you going to keep them focused at home online learning when they'll just want to just get up and, and go do other things go play in the house somewhere or, or go outside you know and i hear these stories from time to time you know from parents my kids are growing up they have little ones and they're having this struggle of keeping the kids engaged in the online learning program. Even kids in grade six, even kids in, in grade eight, high school kids, teenagers, you know, are having the struggle with online learning. And about 26% of these people indicate that supporting their children in school work at home has been has had a negative negative impact on their mental health. And especially people who are working from home. They have their job to do and trying to keep their kids engaged on in the online learning can be a really difficult task. And the high levels of anxiety and depression reported by the Canadian uh, by Canadians are a serious concern, especially because they are not receiving mental health supports at the same rate as before of the pandemic. Oftentimes, when you are young, you don't have the same reference points that you do as adults. So it's harder to imagine and everything feels like it's forever. Feels like forever that the day's not going to end. You're staring at a screen. You're, you're, you know, you're not used to doing these sort of things like adults are. Adults, whether in the, whether in the uh, workplace, in the office, you know, this is what they've come accustomed to staring at a screen all day. Now they're working from home, staring at a screen all day where children, you know, should be in the classrooms, learning in the classrooms. And now they too have to stare at a screen 
and try to focus and learn the lesson that is being taught to them. And what a difference that is from in-class learning to online learning. Your, your people, you know, kids already struggle with attention spans. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Now, whether in classroom or not, you know, with, with, with children, um, with, uh, attention spans, um, having difficulties in the classrooms and then at home doing this online learning. Now they say it's important to be kind to yourself during this pandemic because we're all collectively experiencing this together. Easier said than done. Well, we all have COVID fatigue. Kids are no different. Teenagers are no different. They're all experiencing all different feelings about this pandemic. You know, younger kids want to play with their friends. They want to see them in the classrooms. You know, same with older teenagers. You know, they want to hang out with their friends at school. They want that in, in class learning. You know, asking for help is actually the strongest, most courageous thing that we can do. And whether it's talking to someone you are close to and that you trust or talking to a stranger who works in the system, we are a part of a community that has to step up, rise up and create the kind of community where people are, are comfortable to talk. Let's talk about the mental health and well-being. Let's dig in our heels and have a good conversation and address stigma. Now, here across Ontario, Canada, whatever like that, they have Bell Talk Days. It's a national conversation around mental health. You know, this started back in 2011 to get people to open up and talk about mental health, talk about the stigma of mental health. Online learning is not easy. With the small children, whether they're in kindergarten, they're in, they're in grade one, right up to grade eight, you know, are struggling and how long this online learning is gonna go on because right now here in Ontario, um, we're in a, we are in a, a, a shutdown, stay at home orders, state of emergency, 
we are seeing cases um, as of Saturday around 4,400 cases per day. This is why our schools are going to be closed. Now, the new measures that came down the other day, extending the state of emergency till May the 20th. Another, let's say four weeks. Schools won't be re re returning before then. It's probably highly unlikely. Same thing happened last year when they came off their March break, you know, only to have it extended. And they went, you know, bi-weekly to see how things were going. But this, this, this time, same time as last year, but this time we are in a worse situation now than we were at the beginning of the pandemic. Cases of COVID is on an epic level in this entire province of Ontario. We have the most cases than anywhere else in the country. So starting tomorrow, you know, already, you know, the, the anxiety is building with parents and kids full well knowing they're not returning to the classroom tomorrow. Only to be waking up and then at 9 a.m. staring at a screen. And it's got to be really tough on the teachers too to keep the, the, the kids engaged. Easier, easier said than done, right? Now, when it comes to our mental health, you know, it's really important, ladies and gentlemen, to um, talk about it, do the best thing we can do things about it, right? And This is not the article that I was looking for. It's here somewhere. No, I thought I had it up there. That's hilarious. But um,
I know that my uh, my two grandchildren are going to struggle with this as they did um, last year at this time when they're you know facing this online learning. It was a real struggle to get them to stay focused. You know, even after they have their break, you know, not returning. You know, to the to the class, to the online learning, and. Um, fighting and arguing with the kids to get them to sit, to get them to listen is not really healthy. We as adults, we're going through our own feelings, our, our, you know, going through this pandemic, you know, and not just the parents working at home, but parents who are not working now because they're out of a job because of this pandemic, because they're not in the they don't work in an essential service. And financially struggling is a problem in itself. You have to make that decision of what bill you're going to pay. How much money are you going to spend on groceries? Is my hydro going to be shut off? All these other worries that these parents have, you know, on top of this pandemic and then on top of getting their children to be able to um, sit and do this online learning. Now, what they talk about here too is that how to take care of your mental health amid uh, this COVID-19 pandemic. Your anxiety and protect your well-being. The COVID-19 pandemic is affecting us all from people who have lost their jobs to people worried about sick loved ones or who are ill themselves to everyone staying home and practicing social distancing chances are your life right now looks pretty different than it did prior to this pandemic obviously it has everybody's lives have changed making unexpected changes always comes with struggles and when you throw in a global out, uh, outbreak into the mix, things can seem bleak. It's like throwing a stick into the spokes and the wheels come off. Is what's happening with a lot of people. 
it's common for people to have heightened feelings or stress or anxiety during a pandemic. This can be especially true for people with existing mental health concerns or conditions. There are some steps that can take can, can, can help to take manage your mental health and take care of others. If you think you're in a crisis, however, it's important to seek professional support or care. Filter your own consumption. It's understandable to be glued to social media or the news, looking for updates on what's happening, but a consistent stream of worrying, news can weigh heavily on you. The World Health Organization suggests minimizing your consumption of news that makes you anxious or stressed. You can also check your social media at specific times of the day instead of being constantly exposed. I mean, how many people are out there and they're, they're, they're on all social media platforms, doesn't matter where you are, and you're just glued to your, to your held hand device. Millions of people are doing this on a daily basis. Now for people, you know, who, who are on medication, who take medication, uh, you know, as your uh, routine may be disrupted, um, remember to take any, any medications you usually take. If you take prescription medications for mental health conditions or for any other reason, make sure you have enough. If you are in quarantine or self-isolation, ask someone in your network to pick it up for you. And for a lot of us, you know, it's important to practice empathy. People who respond to a health crisis are also more likely to increase other healthy behaviors, such as following recommendations, you know, to wash hands or get a vaccine if it's available. For that Pacific, uh, that Pacific health issue, according to uh, DeLong's, um, who teaches at the University of British Columbia, empathy responding is taking the perspective of other people and being concerned about the well-being of others and not just yourself. Learning, learning to take an empathetic approach can start with considering the perspective of others. Suggested asking yourself, how might other people be feeling right now? And then figuring out how you can offer support. Helping others can increase your social connections, make you feel needed and useful make you feel generous and add sense of meaning in your life according to the mental health 
So it's like asking your neighbor, asking your friends how they're feeling. Ask them if they want to talk about it. Checking up on other family members of other ways you can, you know, approach, you know, your social connections to, to reach out to help other people. And doing something small, taking action, no matter how small, can help you feel more in control according to uh, uh, the longest. Check in on your neighbors, like I said, or more vulnerable people, such as seniors in your community or people who live alone. While still during the social distancing, can you offer a listening ear over the phone or drop off supplies at someone's front door? These are small things that we can do that we see associated with people having less anxiety, taking control of the threat and the stress that we're all experiencing. You can take small actions to help yourself, whether that's practicing self-care, taking a break from work, setting up a workspace at home, or getting organized. And understand where others are coming from. Everyone reacts differently to a traumatic situation. Anxiety, hostility, stress. These are all valid responses to this crisis that we are going to see a lot of. Instead of shaming or criticizing somebody's coping style, try to understand where people are coming from and being prepared to offer support if you are able to do this. This can help minimize negative interactions and allow people to unite instead of divide. If you're feeling overwhelmed, it's okay to limit the amount of time you spend supporting others. It is okay to say that you also need a break from fear and anxiety. because we have to be able to take care of ourselves before we can help somebody else. Schedule time for self-care. If you're working from home, your calendar is likely full of, of video meetings and work deadlines. Don't forget to allocate time to others of your daily routine too. Now, how do parents, you know, how, how are parents, you know, especially if you're a single parent, you know, and you're, you're at home and you, and you have to do, uh, you have to work at home and then you, your kids have to do online learning. And you take the break 
and you check in to see how the kids are doing on their online learning. And maybe before long, you realize that they already closed their laptop because they've had enough. And then you have to try to get them re-engaged into the online learning again, but you still have to do your work from home as a single parent. And the stresses that puts on the, uh, on yourself and the stresses that it puts on the kids. I don't know because I have never experienced that. Mine are grown, but they do have a couple of kids. Whether they're working from home or they're not working or they're only getting some hours And everything that we're going through as adults, financially, mentally, and how we do a self-care checkup on ourselves in order to stay focused, in order to, to help the kids do their studies online or just getting through our everyday lives when we're facing lockdowns and stay at home orders. You know, we have enough going on in our lives right now, ladies and gentlemen. And, and the other day, the Ontario government um, implementing um, new restrictions on top of the restrictions and then come out and say that the, the police now have the authority to stop you on the street or stop you in your car to ask you where you're going and why you're not in your home. I could have just imagined how much more stresses that put on people. And that sounded a lot of alarms police forces across Ontario came out right away and said, we are not going to be stopping pedestrians in vehicles to find out where you're going and why you've left your home. Because we do not live in a police state. They closed all playgrounds only to retract that. So kids will be able to still go out and play in the playground. Because being outdoors is healthy. Taking that break during the day from online learning to go outside and get some fresh air is like being at school. You go outside for recess. I could imagine the stress levels just going 
off the charts when the government announces they're giving new powers to the to the uh, to the police and that they're going to stop you if you leave your house we are not locked down to our homes that will never take place people have enough anxiety people have enough stress already and of course you know the government comes out yesterday you know to retract that statement that they're given these special powers to police you know that's not going to happen i was alarmed when I, when I heard that statement from the government. Uh, that's not going to fly. The police have enough to do policing the communities. They will respond to uh, complaints about people having large gatherings and that sort of stuff, which they always have done. But they're not going to stop you on the sidewalk and they're not going to stop you on the roadways. You know, and, and you know, for, for parents right now too, I mean, you know, like I said, starting tomorrow, the online classes begin. And this is going to be for an extended period of time. Now, if this goes well into, into May, which I think it's going to do, then the kids would only, you know, have, have a month left of, of, of school. They're going to continue their online learning. We you know last year, you know, they didn't return to the classrooms. And we may see this happen again because 2021 has turned out to be worse than 2020. Now, hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, you know, they, the, the government has, you know, um, like for non-essential construction, what doesn't need to be done right now, um, obviously put on has been put on hold. And of course, infrastructure, you know, that, that sort of construction is going to uh, continue. Um, businesses, um, still you're going to be able to do curbside pickup. Of course, you go out and do your essential things, such as groceries, pharmacy, um, whatever you need to be doing, you know, but really think about what is essential right now. And of course, you can go for a walk. Of course, you can go for a bike ride. Of course, you can go for a run. 
you know, don't worry. You know, the police aren't going to stop you. You know, that was one of the most ridiculous um, statements that I ever heard coming from the government. It was just absolutely ridiculous. We have enough to deal with right now on our plates, ladies and gentlemen, every single one of us. We all have COVID fatigue and it's all affecting us differently from all levels of our mental health. It's, it's important to try to take care of ourselves as individuals and then in order to help somebody else who is struggling. And if you can, lend an ear to somebody. Because we're all in this together, ladies and gentlemen, all of us. It's up to all of us to, to, to do our part and do all the right things. And as, may, as difficult as it may be to follow the rules, we need to follow the rules. As adults, we're supposed to be, you know, setting that high level of, of um, leadership, you know, to our kids, teaching our kids to do the right things. Now, I've read articles out there and you know, people taking their kids to these anti-rallies. I mean, what is that teaching your kid? What is that, what is that teaching your children? That's just absolutely ridiculous. You're teaching your children to be disobedient. Children are innocent. You know, I was appalled when I was reading this article. Now, as adults, you know, we, we need to take responsibility. We need to show our children that we are responsible that we are going to follow the rules. Because right now, ladies and gentlemen, the only way out of this, uh, this uh, the only way out of this pandemic is vaccination. And following the rules. That's what we all need to do and try to help others if you can.
these next four weeks here in Ontario with these extended stay-at-home orders and school closures, it's going to feel like a long time. And hopefully by May 20th, we're in a better place. Whether we're going to have the two, four weekend to, to kick off summer act, summer activities at that time, that's going to be remain to be seen. We may not be going to the cottage this year. Our behavior is what's going to drive this pandemic. We are either going to be in control of it or we're going to be out of control. Our attitude, our behavior is going to determine whether we're even going to have a summer this year. When we're seeing cases of almost 5,000 cases per day, and if we don't get that under control, you'll be doing things in your own backyard for the entire summer. I'm speaking to all of Ontario here and to all my fellow Canadians. Our behavior needs to change. Anti-ralliers, anti-maskers, you're part of the problem and not part of the solution. Your cause is not helping. You need to get in line and you need to get on the same page and you need a reality check. This is all frustrating enough for everyone. And I'm just so sick and tired of the BS. Like so many people are. We're just tired of the BS and the behavior of others. I wish everybody the best, I really do. I wish everyone good health. But we all need to pull together, we all need to work together in order to get through this pandemic in order for, for our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses to be able to do their jobs. And when the hospitals are filling up and the ICUs are filling up, it's making it very difficult for them. The people that work in our healthcare professions, ladies and gentlemen, are not miracle workers, they're human beings. and the stresses that we're putting on them, the stresses that we're putting on their families.
We need to change our attitude. We need to change course. Because right now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going over the waterfalls. And it ain't going to end well. Our teachers, our children, they all need supports. All of them. And this online learning is not going to be easy for a lot of kids, teenagers, parents. We need to change course. We really need to change course. We need to behave like adults is what we need to do. Every single one of us. I do my part. Every day. No matter how difficult it is. You know, we think we we think we'd be sort of used to to some things that they're asking us to do. Like wear a mask, sanitize your hands. Don't gather in large groups. You think we'd be, you think by now we'd be getting that. But unfortunately for some, they don't. They don't get it. Oh, it's against my human rights. No, it's not. When there is a state of an emergency the government can impose restrictions when there is an, an intimate threat such as a virus. The government can impose these restrictions. It is the responsibility of the government to protect its citizens. And we hear it all over the world, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't matter where you are, you hear about it. I watch the news, I read the news. If you got a problem with the rules and you don't think the rules apply to you, well then go to the human rights tribunal and see how far you get. You're not gonna get very far. I can assure you of that. So I wish everybody the best. I really do, ladies and gentlemen. And for the, for the, uh, for the kids out there going to school, 
and the struggles. You know, just try, just try to do the best that you can. And parents out there, you know, try not to argue with the kids to get them to do the online learning. You know, there's no point of putting more stresses on yourself and more anxiety on yourself and getting upset. I know it's easier said than done. But kids are kids. We'll see what takes place, ladies and gentlemen. You know, with this online learning once again and how long it's going to go on for. We'll see how our cases start to drop over the next couple weeks if they do drop. Vaccines here, here across Ontario, across Canada are slow going. Delays on shipments, not getting it on time, not getting what we were promised. You know, is another concern in itself. People are wondering when their turn is coming up. You know, so many different things going on all around us on a daily basis and things changing by hour by hour. It can bring more stresses, maybe not. But for a lot of us, it does. Frontline workers need to be vaccinated. Our essential workers need to be vaccinated. We have work, workplace outbreaks all over the place. And how does this virus get into the workplace? Well, it comes from the outside. It comes from our behaviors. That's how it gets into the workplace. People who are low wage earners have to make a decision whether to go into work or not if they feel ill to make a paycheck. The healthcare professionals, the labor force has been calling on the Ontario government to provide sick pay. And yet that's landing on deaf ears. No, you get it from the federal government. If employers don't want you to come in or they're saying you have to come in and you're not feeling well, then they should be providing you with paid sick days. Instead of jeopardizing everybody else when you come into the workplace not feeling well. And this is how we have outbreaks in our workplaces. 
we've targeted our most value, our, our most vulnerable people, our elderly and nursing homes or retirement homes. Moving down the age group, you know, at, at the snail pace that we're going at is not working. We need to target the hot spots. And unfortunately, you know, I never thought I would say this, but here in the city of London, Ontario, where I reside is a hot spot. The greater Toronto area is a hot spot. It's always been a hot spot in the greater Toronto area. And they need to target that area. They need to target that area with the vaccines. Now they were talking about the vaccine rollout the other day. And again, they're saying by June that anybody who wants to get a vaccine will be able to get a vaccine, but that all depends on if there's going to be any more delays. Pfizer is keeping up the pace. They're keeping their promise. Moderna is shortchanging us once again. For whatever reasons, I understand vaccines have to go around the world. I get it. But don't make a promise you can't keep. It's probably a tougher promise to keep, a, a tougher promise to keep because the world needs the vaccines. I understand that, I get that. Delays in production, delays in shipments, however the causes. Of course, I mean, they, you know, in hindsight, they, you know, um, they're not looking further down the road. They're short, they, they look at, you know, all of a sudden they look at the short term. Thank you for joining me. Okay, that's all right. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, you know, take care out there, do the best that you can. You know, we're not asking people to be miracle workers out there. We're not asking you to go on, to go beyond, um, beyond and above um, of, your, of your capabilities, you know, um, just do the best you can. That's all we can ask one another, right? It's all we can ask of one another is do the best that we can. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this morning. And uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You're very welcome. Um, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I try to, uh, when I come out here, um, I try to get the point across the, the best that I can.
right? I don't ask, I don't ask for anything, you know, um, I appreciate you listening. This is what this podcast is, is, is to, you know, to, 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 uh, to talk to you. And I never expected a pandemic to happen when I started this podcast, you know, a year ago. But during this pandemic and the times that I can get out here, I guess, you know, this is sort of my outlet. You know, I can look at it that way. This is, you know, how I can channel my feelings out out to the world and, and be respectful at the same time and be empathetic at the same time because that's just who I am. I have my own, my own um, um, struggles with the, with the, with this pandemic, like everybody does. You know, I have COVID fatigue, like everybody does. I have stresses like everybody does. You know, I guess this is my outlet. This is, you know, you know, to come out here and talk to you, but even, even when this is all said and done, I will always be out here doing my show. It's something that I found, you know, that I'm able to do and I enjoy doing it. A newfound hobby, you could say. And as the show, um, grows and progresses um the show you know it's it's come through so many different changes and it's going to go through more changes and and those changes are are you know and to work at you know making the show as great as i possibly can Is something that I want to want to do and something that I will continue to do. And for the listeners out there like yourselves, you help to make that happen. Of all the listeners out there who listen to podcasts, right? Without you, there would be no podcast. So it's a, that's how important you are to to people who, who, who do podcasts. You're important to us and I'm, and I'm important to you. And we can share discussions and share ideas and share the stories. And we interact with one another, you know, whether you message into me or you call in to talk to me, you know, it's a great connection you know, to where you know, we'd never be able to have that possibility again, because, you know, we live on opposite, on opposite sides of the planet or, you know, in a different province, you know, or whatever the case may be, right. Where we'd never be able to have that opportunity, you know, you know, to, to talk and listen, 
you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, you, I mean, you can't see me and I can't see you, but that's okay. But this is a great way to connect with people all around the world. So, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Take care, be safe, and thank you.